Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Matt. It's so nice to have you on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank, thank you, you very for, much. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, thank you for honoring the invite. That means a whole lot. Okay. Um, before we get started with your introduction, you know, we are so much um, interested in the development of our listeners. So that's the reason why we organize the show, to bring guests who have triumphed over one challenges or another. <clears throat> because we believe that someone listening to us might actually need a piece of information that the guest we've invited has to offer. So that way we tend to develop our listeners in diverse areas. There might be someone listening and he or she has failed in his business. And so we invite someone who has tri- triumphed in his business to come talk to us how he did it. So that way we get to improve our listeners. And that's just a fraction of how we intend to change the world. So within the next 20 minutes, Matt, I would want you to talk to us about your story, the challenges you faced, and the solution, how you came out of it triumphantly. All right, let's get started. All right, so I'm Matt Balzano, and, um, you know, I've come from a difficult background, and a lot of challenges like most people, and the biggest challenges I faced in my life were that I found myself overweight, 70 pounds overweight in my case, which is extremely heavy. Uh, and then I also found myself addicted to drugs and alcohol. And, and because of that, I was having trouble with my marriage. I had little kids that were on the way. And then I was a father of little kids. And all of those things culminated together as well. And I, I was broke. You know, I wasn't able to achieve things in the business world because I didn't have any of these other things in alignment. But I think the thing that I'd like to really focus on in those transformations, I was able to lose the weight, get into shape. Uh, I was able to, you know, transform my life with my addiction. I was able to rid myself of all my addictions and all my pleasure seeking. I was able to, uh, you know, build my business and go from making minimum wage to making multiple seven figures. And then I was able, the most important part, I was able to reconnect with my wife, rededicate myself to my wife and to the commitments that I made to her at the altar and to our kids. I didn't even know I was making those commitments to our kids. They weren't born yet, but that was the biggest thing. And so I think the biggest thing I'd like to talk about is, is addiction and how I overcame that. And then also, uh, you know, the impact that that's had on rebuilding my marriage through that recommitment. That's, that's so good. Okay. So let us get started with the addiction part. You know, (laughs) I won't lie to you, Matt. Addiction is so rampant in the world. People are addicted to one negative thing or another, and you know the the this um happening thing is that they don't even know or have a way out. They don't know how to go about it. Some just keep it to themselves and 
let's just say i'll be fine so let's get started with the addiction how did you go about it what were you addicted to talk to us yeah so you know i've been addicted since i was little you know since i was 15 years old is when i started really drinking and doing drugs i needed love from my parents that i didn't get you know and i think that's one of the things especially as guys we need love, but we don't know how to really reach out and get that. So we kind of get the brotherhood of our, our guy friends and we start drinking and hanging out. So a lot of times it's the, you know, the collection of misfits and, and people that of like mind where they need love from their parents. So we're all getting together, trying to hide from the pain. And we mask it with things that we think society has validated. Like, hey, I'm a, oh, look at all the pro athletes. They do drugs and they do things at a high level. Or look at all the musicians or all of, you know, politicians, whoever it is. Uh, but those are just people who never solved those pains and problems. So I started when I was younger. I masked it with the idea that there was my identity. This is who I wanted to be. Um, but really it just progressed and got worse and worse. And of course, what came with it was health problems, uh, problems everywhere I went, you know, I almost got thrown out of high school. I almost got thrown out of college, um, you know, caused me problems when I got into the work world. I wasn't able to handle the stress without, you know, over medicating myself. And uh, and I think one of the problems is that society, I think, has always enabled us. But we're at a time now more than ever where they validate the fact that it's OK to do these things. In fact, we yeah. should do these things. There's nothing wrong with doing these things. It's not a question of whether it's legal or illegal or even whether it's moral or immoral. In fact, you know, one of the greatest things in my life is my relationship with God and, and Jesus Christ, who forgives me for all my sins. And the reason I love Jesus so much is because he meets me where I am. You know, when he came to me and into my life, I was a mess and he met me where I was. He wasn't judging me. He was forgiving me. But he also planted that seed in my mind, that conscience that was telling me, you don't want to live like this. This is not what I created you for. I created you for so much more than this. Um, you know, I struggled for years to try and get over drugs and alcohol. I, you know, I got rid of the smoking pot, you know, probably, I mean, I smoked pot for, I don't even know how many years, 20 years, more than that. Um, but when my kids were born, I was, I knew my conscience told me, I don't ever want them to go through what I'm going through with this, yeah, the waste yeah. of money, the coughing, the lung problems, all of the anxiety and, and stress that came with it doesn't chill you out. It makes you anxious and, and stressed and self-conscious, you know, and I didn't want them to deal with that. So I stopped that when they were born, but then I kept medicating myself with the alcohol, which is even worse because that, you know, that desensitized me to all the things that I needed to do for them. And I became short in temper and even that much more out of shape. So mm -hmm. what really came down for me is, you know, it becomes unacceptable in your life and yeah. people they, so you end up starting to become something you're not. I was never a liar. I was never something that hid anything that I do in my life. I did it out in the open and I became a liar. I became a sneak. I started hiding things from my wife and that, that compounded everything. And through that journey, you know, it led me to the point where, you know, my kids being uh, almost teenagers at that point, my wife telling me, look, you know, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. We need to figure out how the separation is going to work. And at that point I saw, and you know, this is what I'm about to lose everything. And before that I had known, like, you know, we don't have marital problems and, you know, people get divorced over this, but the one piece that was missing you know, and I had gone to AA, I had gone to NA, I had gone to drug treatment outpatient centers and stuff. But the one piece that was missing is that emotional motivator, that catalyst 
that would be present in my mind when I would go back into society. And that catalyst and, mo and motivator was the fact that if I continued down the road of drinking and my family left, I would, I would forever be in the minds of those kids and they'd be thinking, hey, why didn't he love us? Why couldn't he be there for us? And then they'd be exposed to the world without me there. They might be uh, exposed to, to people, you know, maybe my wife ends up with a boyfriend and she doesn't know that he's a bad guy and something ends up happening bad to the kids or something, or they just needed some, a, a male role model that would show them how to live. And I just wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be that person for them. And that was the biggest motivator for me to put real handles on it. What I did was I lived inside the minds of my kids after I was gone. So I would sit there and I would really put myself in the minds of my kids. I'm at this holiday. I'm going to school today. I'm walking down the street, walking the dog with mom and my, you know, my siblings. And, and why isn't dad here? And I'd put myself in their mind and really go through those thoughts. When they're an adult, how are they going to think? Like, what was my dad like? And those were the most terrifying thoughts to me. So now I have no desire for drugs, no desire for alcohol, no desire for any of that, because I know what's on the other side of that is destroyed people that I love, that I care about, and that, uh, and that, I, that I swore a promise to by getting married and having them as kids, you know? Sorry, it's like I lost. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go, let's go. Sorry, uh, it looked like I lost you there with a the connectivity problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. I'm fine now. You're good now. Good. Okay, so yeah, I mean that that was really the handles because uh, I I want to put concrete handles on it for people of like how to actually overcome this. So many people have these problems and they're like, how do I actually overcome drinking? And in my case. I was drinking at the worst part every night. I'd wait for, I'd do everything I was supposed to do. I'd, you know, make dinner and be there for my kids and put them to bed and make sure everything got done. And then I'd go sneak downstairs and then I'd, you know, quickly drink as much alcohol as I possibly could. And, and so it's like, I was in this cycle every day, even though I know I didn't want to be there like that. And so how do you get out of that? And the handles are, you have to have that emotional motivator. You have to have that catalyst and really live in the moment of what's coming. Cause that actually is what's coming. And then the other thing too, is you really need to put uh, a, you know, this is kind of exactly why Jesus has this message and, and it resonates so much with me. You have to have that selfless. You're not living for yourself. You're not living, seeking just the pleasures of how can I be served? It's how can I serve other people? And sometimes, you know, as Christians, we do such amazing things and people want to like help people around the world. And that's great. But we sometimes neglect the people in our own house. 
And as opposed to going out and serving somewhere else, you know, what I realized for me is I needed to serve my kids by suppressing and getting rid of all of my negative self-absorbed, um, self-destructive actions that were selfish and it was destroying them. So when I wake up and I do a hard workout, I do a workout knowing I'm not just trying to get a fit body. I'm, I, I'm trying to get, um, I'm trying to be an inspiration to my kids and I'm trying to show them uh, that, you know, I'm committed to this selfless act. So um, I, I think that's one of the things that, that goes along with it is really building your body and doing things every day in a selfless way to try and um, magnify your, your service to them. That's, that's, that's well explained. That's some deep insight right there. Okay, I've got some questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. So, okay, so if um, you could go back and give your 18-year-old one piece of advice, what would that be? I think that what I would tell them is trust your instinct. Trust that inner voice. It's your conscience. Your conscience is God speaking to you. It could be the Holy Spirit, how, depending on how you look at it. And I think what I'd tell my 18-year-old self is trust that inner voice. Stop listening to what the world is saying that you should do and listen to that inner voice, that conscience, that voice from the Holy Spirit as to really where you should be going and what you should be doing. And I think that I would have avoided a lot of the the, the selfish behaviors that I was doing that I thought were approved by the world, so they were okay to do. You know, the world is so so corrupt. It's so corrupt, and that's why God's word told us not to um, conform to the world. We must we must not be like the world because we are not from the world. You know, a lot of a lot of youth, a lot of teenagers that are on that path to um, destruction. They feel since the world is fine, it's fine, it's fine by the world. This is something most people are doing. It's fine, and there is nothing wrong in me doing the same. So with what you just explained now, I'm so glad because this is actually going to transform a whole lot of people. Okay, I've got another question. All right? All right. Yeah. So, okay. So it says, I want you to take your time to explain this, okay? It says, how did you find motivation when facing challenges? So the way I find motivation when I'm facing challenges is I, I answer the why. You know, you have this challenge that comes up and you, you ask yourself, like, why do I actually need to overcome this? Any one of us could just pull the ripcord, bow out, go sit down in front of the TV, um, you know, go drown ourselves in, in some kind of drug or alcohol that's going to remove us from reality. But when I face a challenge, I look at the why. Why has this come into my life? Most of the time when a challenge, um, every time, in fact, a challenge comes into our life, it's come to serve us. It's come to grow us. God refines us with the difficult situations, just like steel is hardened in the fire. The fact of the matter is, you know, we ask, like, why is this happening to me? But we should be asking ourselves, what can I be learning from this situation? And so that's when I hit challenging situations. You know, obviously we're all human. We all like have a moment where we're like, I wish this wasn't happening. But the Stoics, the ancients had a way of saying the obstacle is the way. And I think when we turn the, the question on its head, like, 
why am I facing this challenge? Instead, we say, what can I do to overcome this challenge and learn from it? That's when really the, the power comes into play because you realize there's a purpose in this. So you actually have a purpose in the challenge. And I think that really is the summation of life. Our purpose in life is to overcome the challenges that we've been given. And then once we find a solution, we go back and we give that to other people to help them. Yeah, that's so correct. You've just said something so, so, so. I'm so excited to hear you say that. You know, once you've found a solution, then you go back to people who are still in that situation and give them the solution to help them. That's how it should be. You're such a knowledgeable kind, Matt. That's so good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, can you talk to me about your struggles in your marriage and how you overcame them? Yeah, you know, we get married and sometimes we're, we're not fully developed as an adult. You know, we're a kid. We've got a girlfriend. Next thing you know, we think we should take it to the next level. And sometimes we don't know what we're really getting ourselves into. And what, you know, what I found is that it was all of my selfish behaviors, looking at what I wanted and caring more about like how I felt about things, as opposed to really looking at what I need to do to serve this woman and and you know from a biblical perspective they talk about man being the head of the household and and the woman being subservient and i think that gets misrepresented because what we have is different roles i need to be subservient to my wife in a lot of ways because i need to be subservient to her in my selfish desires and the things that i want to go out and do and my pride and uh you know going through the years the formative years of our marriage and the the intro it's like i did a lot of things that were too filled with pride and too filled with the things that I wanted to do. And so, and, and really a lot of those revolved around like the drinking um, and to turn that on its head and say, what do I need to do to serve this woman? To get a different perspective too, to realize, hey, you know, as I have a kid uh, and I have a daughter now, there is a man out there that is gonna be her husband, hopefully, God willing, you know, and what is he gonna do for her? How is he going to be committed? Yes, he should lead her. He should be the head of the household. But how is he going to um, serve her and be a servant to that relationship? And so I, the more that time goes by, the more that I feel a sense of um, responsibility to her and to her father, to her mother, to be able to be the man that they wish that you know they could have for their daughter, that it wouldn't just be a wish, that I am that person. And I am. And I think going through those steps and being accountable to her, coming clean when I was lying about things, um, going through, you know, the, the phase of, of having to pay the price for lying and for doing things behind her back and being deceitful. And that took a long time. I mean, I don't think she still fully trusts me. And I know, cause I'll see that look in her eye. And, and those are times where I need to stand up and be accountable and be present to the fact that I created that distrust. And I just need to work every day through every action to be accountable and replace that trust. So I think that's one of the ways that I've healed my marriage over time. Okay. All right. So I've got one last question. Okay. So um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to lose weight and get in shape? 
I love this question. You know, it's so challenging to look out there on the internet these days and everybody is super fit and they're all ripped and it's all about the abs and everybody's in the gym doing superhuman feats of strength. I know for me, when I reached my worst point and I was over 240 pounds, I was 70 pounds overweight. I didn't, I didn't know any exercises to go to the gym. I knew I needed to make a change. And so I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is they overcomplicate things. I need a personal trainer. I need a special diet. I need to join a gym. I need a, uh, all this regimen, all these things. All you need is you need right now, this moment and the ground and the word go. That's it. And that's what I did when I changed my life. I looked in the mirror. I woke up. The scales had been removed from my eyes. I saw how fat and disgusting I had become and it was not what I wanted to be. And I was like, I need to just get whatever shoes on that I have. I don't have any running shoes or workout shoes or workout clothes. I just put on my work clothes and I tried to run to the end of the street and back, which was painful. And I was like, all right, I did that. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. And I just kept building every single day. Okay, I'm going to run a little further. I'm going to a little further. Okay, maybe I need some different shoes. I got some different shoes until, you know, I was like, maybe I should do some workout video online. And then I did that until that was too easy. And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should join the gym. So I think the biggest thing that I would tell people is don't wait till tomorrow. Here we are coming up on New Year's. Don't wait till New Year's. Don't wait till another day. Don't wait till you have a perfect situation. Start today. You have everything in you right now that you need to be successful. And all you have to do is just turn on that desire and stop. One of my best phrases, one of my best sayings is you want to listen to your body but don't let it tell you what to do. The fact of the matter is your body's always going to tell you, I'm too tired, I'm too hungry, I'm in too much pain. Yes, you want to like nurse your body, make sure you take care of yourself health-wise, but don't let it tell you what to do. It's going to tell you always to stop. You have to find that, that motivation and just say, I'm going to go today. And, and you'll build from there. Anybody can, anybody can get in shape, anybody. Thank you so very much for um, explaining that way so easy to understand you know <laughs> i would like to you i also believe that in order to lose weight you've got to go into the world gym get a um, personal trainee every trainer or something now i've learned something new thank you for that matt okay yeah, i would say god gave us the gift of body weight and gravity yeah. gravity is god's gift and we can all do a push-up hey I, I need shoulder surgery i can't even really do the push-ups anymore but but you can use your body weight in some way, little squats, you know, push-ups, half push-ups from your knees, whatever it is, um, pull-ups if you're lucky. All of those things are are God's gift to us to be able to to use our body to get stronger. You know. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what would you like to say to anyone who um, addiction is about to ruin his marriage? Or addiction is about to ruin his relationship with his kids, and he does he doesn't even know what to do. What would you like to say to such person or people? Well, I would say first of all, it's not inescapable. You can get out of this, and you can do it one step at a time. And I think the 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 biggest thing is people think like, how am I ever going to stop doing this? Just just take one step at a time. Throw away everything that you have today. And pour it down the drain, flush it down the toilet, 
and then go try and help somebody else. And you think, well, I'm not even fixed myself. How am I going to help somebody else? Somebody else is much worse off than you are. So first, you just make the decision to get rid of it. And don't, don't be like halfway about it. You need to say in your mind, like, I'm truly done with this. Throw it away. It's money down the drain. You knew it was a waste of money anyway. And then go find somebody else that you can help. And they will appear. Those people will appear. And the second thing that I would say is that, you know, really understanding the damage that you're doing to the people who are counting on you. I mean, these, if you're a parent, your kids are counting on you. They are a little child looking up at you and they're like, they don't understand. They don't understand what this is. And the world is, is trying to dictate to them like, hey, I see people doing this. Maybe this is okay. My, my dad does this. Maybe this is okay. You're the only one that, that can help them to understand that this is not okay and it's going to be detrimental. So they're counting on you. Um, you know, I, the other thing too is, is when you see adults who have had, you know, parents with addiction problems that never beat them, this is a pain that they carry with them all their life. And so I would say, know this too, if you're struggling today and you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not that big a deal. I can tell you it is a big deal talking to adults who had parents that were addicted and died from addiction. It's a pain they can almost never get over and get out of their heart. They go back in their mind to their seven-year-old self when they were innocent and they were like, why did my mom do that? And they can never really answer that, that question. So remember that when you're going to think like, Hey, it's Super Bowl, it's new year's. I deserve this. You might say you deserve this, but that kid, that seven-year-old, they don't deserve this. Thank you so very much, Matt. That was a beautiful one. So um, is there a particular link where you would love maybe anyone who is suffering from addiction or some sort of thing to reach you on? Or do you have any material or whatever? Yeah, so uh, you, you can reach me on on Instagram at Matthew Balzano. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-B-A-L-Z-A-N-O. And I do uh, nutrition and fitness coaching. I also do life and mindset coaching. And a lot of times you really have to start with the discipline of the fitness. And then you can go turn to business where you can take your income and 10x your income. So I, I would love to be able to help you reach out to me. You know, even if you just need some moral support, you know, I would love to reach out and help you. Okay, thank you. That's that's great. Thank you. So thank you for your time, Matt. That was a beautiful one. And that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you for honoring the invite. It means you will let. Thank you bye very bye. much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your show. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.